Hello and welcome to Baby Talk. This is our show for Sunday, August 8th. PTF here from the DG Flophouse, joined by a man who's been on a bit of a heater on these shows, giving out winners. I ran into somebody in the paddock bar yesterday who said his favorite guest on the In the Money Media Network is this man I'm about to, to introduce. I told him he was half crazy, but that's besides the point. I'm speaking about from Gainesway. He is Sean Tugel, live from Saratoga. Sean, what's up? Having a good morning so far, uh, Pete. Saw a couple good breezes, and uh, I, I'll have to agree with you on, on the fan that, that <laughs> he has one of the favorites. Definitely on the crazy side. <laughs> so you were out. One of the horses working this morning from uh, the rumor mill was Wit, our de facto future book favorite for the grade one hopeful in a few weeks' time. How did the big horse look, Sean? Just a nice, easy maintenance half and uh, went smooth down the lane right after the break. And uh, certainly uh, looks like uh, the gre- all systems are go with the horse, training very well leading up to the hopeful. Good stuff. I mean, the figures he's run, he looks like a serious contender, not just for the hopeful, but potentially for bigger targets this fall. I'll leave it, I'll leave it at that. But while we're talking about Gainesway connected horses, we did see a tap it baby put on quite a show yesterday, one that you had mentioned. Uh, what did you think of Stellar Tap? Uh, certainly was very impressive. Uh, anytime you see a, a two-year-old not only, uh, you know, be there and, and, and kind of pressure the pace and uh, and then draw off from the field like that, um, certainly catches your eye. Uh, very fitting that it was a tap it that, that helped uh, have Steve Asmussen pass the all-time record uh, it was fantastic that longtime um, owners of, of the entire Asmussen family, the Winchells, were the ones that helped him do it. Uh, good friend of ours, Jesse Ullery, pick, helped pick out the horse for LNN Racing. That's one of the partners. So, uh, what a win photo! I asked him. I asked him if you, are you just going to get the normal main special weight win photo, or is it going to be the grade <laughs> one size that you're going to put on the wall? So, uh, but it was it was great. You know, uh, Tappet's been such an instrumental sire. Um, Steve's trained many of Tappet's grade one winners, you know, his champion untappable, his Belmont States winner creator. So uh, he's been instrumental in Tappet's career and, and Tappet's helped uh, Steve, Steve go along. So it was great that the Winchells who, who owned Tappet were also the, the help, you know, the ones that, that won that race. So it's always a memorable one, I'm sure. But it was, it was pretty amazing. It was, it was great to watch. So it was you cool. You couldn't have scripted it. You couldn't have scripted it any better, right? I mean, to have it be, I mean, the guy has horses everywhere. There's no telling where the, the record breaker was going to come from and to have it be at Saratoga. And then you talk about the human connections, including the, the pilot uh, of the horse uh, in Ricardo Santana Jr. It was obviously a very special win for him. And it's going to be one of the races we talk about at this at this meet. Now, speed figure wise, it's, a, it's an interesting one to talk about. It came out a 78 on the buyer scale. But I think about when, if you look at this race through the lens of pace and how fast they were going early, as evidenced by how he put away Brigadier General, a good horse, and where Brigadier General finished, I think in terms of ability, you'd have to upgrade it beyond that 78 buyer. Now, the hopeful comes up in in just a, a few weeks. What is it? Just four weeks time. So who knows if he'll be back for that particular test. But th- this is a real horse, Stellar Tap, who while his legacy may be beginning connected to the Asmussen story, I have a feeling he might go on and do some pretty special stuff as well. You look at this pedigree to win first out, to be able to run that fast early. 
um, you know, it wasn't the fastest finishing sectionals in the world as, as it shouldn't be when you go that fast early going seven as a debutante. But when this horse can chill out and ration the speed a little bit more, we could have something special on our hands. Do you think I'm exaggerating here? Or do you think, you know, other, other than wit, Stellar Tap might be the, the two-year-old I'm the most excited about right now? Yeah, certainly on the East Coast, you know, uh, Bob Baffert's had several uh, nice winners on the West Coast that you may see come here for the hopefully. You, you don't know how many he'll he'll take to the Delmar Futurity or, or could send here. He can enter horses here. So, um, but, uh, you know, I, you know, he definitely, that's got to be one of those top three to five performances so far by a two-year-old. And knowing the Steve Asmussen program, it's certainly – uh, a first time out winner, there's, there's usually more to come. It's, it's, it, you know, it's the lemon isn't squeezed the whole way. Uh, and, and to do it at seven furlongs, that's, uh, even more impressive, even though the final maybe closing time wasn't, uh, the speediest, you know, first time out going seven and definitely bred to go the two turns could have a real exciting horse on your hands. Nice call by you two back in the first race yesterday with Dripping Gold getting the job done and, and paying $14 despite uh, acting up a little bit at the start. Another runner with, with a future for sure. But I think uh, there's one more horse I wanted to ask you about before in terms of recapping before we move on to we're gonna, I think we're going to try to quickly touch on six races that are happening today, including some stakes action. But there was a one that might have missed people's radar at Delaware Park. I know you wanted to mention. Yeah, we we talk a lot about the freshman sires out here, and he had another uh, exciting winner called Defend for Kale Lynch at, at Delaware, um, hanging around the racetrack yesterday and, and knowing a little bit of the ownership group. Um, the, the, I guess the number on the sheets came back pretty pretty salty, so uh, it's an exciting position to be in. But but you know that's the thing is you got to look at, look everywhere. You don't know where the, where the next good one's going to come from, and and certainly good horses have come out of Delaware in the past. And uh, this is one ears pricked uh, by eight, nine, ten lengths gear down. So uh, he's one that that I believe could be also pointing for the hopeful. So we'll see. You know, mind control was a horse that broke his maiden out of, out of town and then came in and and won the hopeful. So uh, definitely one that's already running a, a sheets figure is comparable to the top horses. You would think uh, could be live and could come in uh, with a juicy price, maybe. A son of American freedom. What was the, what was the horse's name? Defend. 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 And which day was that on? I think it was Thursday. Thursday at Delaware Park. I'll take a look and, and see if I can I could pull a, a commercial figure to uh, to to cite before before we get before we get out of town. What uh, what anything? Any other thoughts on yesterday's card at, at Saratoga? The, the, it was a huge day over there. Great great vibes. Yeah, I I feel the same. Like you said, the vibes were great. Um, the weather was was a little steamy. With the shirt and tie wasn't wasn't. I I was jealous of you in the shorts and, and the long, but uh, no good vibes. Uh, you know, looks like the, the people are in town to buy horses at the at the sale. So that's that's great. And uh, you know, it, it looks like things are are positive. So did, did you make it over to the cocktail party last night? I, oh. I, because of my lack of fancy attire decided to, to skip it. And unfortunately I, I still think there'd be good money to be made in a, in a New York post style gossip columnist reporting 
all the goings on from the from the sales. You know, Sean Tugel was swinging with the acrobat, that kind of thing. But did you, did you make it over there at all? No, I, I I stayed away from the cocktail party last night. We we just got a pizza from Nove, laid low. It was good. That's good pizza, by the way. I've been super impressed with the with, with what they've been doing over there in terms of the pies and also the wine list. Low key, one of my favorite wine lists in Saratoga up there with Taverna Novo. So defend. This was <laughs> it's an interesting race because the pace was not scalding to run a very solid final time figure. It came back a 109 final time figure on the time form scale, which is the equivalent to an 89 buyer or so. And you look at you, you look at this horse and that ability to finish. Uh, there might be more to come from this one, so I'm really glad we, we got the defend on the radar. Okay, let's move to today's races, Sean. We got to see if you can keep this streak going. First race we're going to talk about is race number two today. We've got two year old maiden fillies going a mile and a sixteenth on the inner turf. Who's going to win? You look pretty hard at the two horses. It looks like Brad Cock. He's got he's got his uh, first. His first call rider, Florent Giroux, uh, aboard guest speaker, uh, Oxo Equine, powerhouse buyer, breeder. Uh, so this this horse was a $625,000 colt last year. It's out of a yes, it's true mare. It's been breezing well. So it, it certainly looks uh, like this This would be the horse who's going to go off a heavy favorite. The the nine horse, Let My People Go, Vicky Oliver has been having a, a, a kind of a, a pretty sneaky good meet down there, winning some races. She also, it was uh, in the maiden last week at Ellis, she had a a, a, a high price horse come come get second. So, uh, you know, out of a, out of a good mare, Taboo Forestry, that they they can they can run uh, early. Pioneer of the Niles can can have them uh, be early. I like the outside draw, so I do think. You know the two coxes, the two and three are the are the two to beat. But I like the nine at fifteen to one to uh, to maybe grab a piece there. You've been right with your prices before on these shows, so I'd pay attention to that. I queued Saratoga. You went straight to Ellis for those keeping score at home. Those were thoughts on on Ellis race number three and uh, and Sean making a making a pretty compelling case for the this Vicky Oliver runner, a trainer who I typically associate with maybe racing into shape a little bit. But when you look at this pedigree with the five winners from six starters and you uh, you look at the big picture, especially the price, I could definitely be I could definitely be convinced in a race like this. What would you do? What would you be tempted to do in terms of betting strategy when you've got a horse like guest speaker and a horse like let my people go? Sometimes in this spot, I'll bet the price to win and then look to play the other logical horses on top with the, the key horse, let my people go in, in second and third. How do you do it? I mean, I definitely, I think you just key the, the guest speaker uh, or box it. However people would choose uh, maybe find two or three others play like a four horse uh, exact a key. So that would probably be how I would, I would use it probably like in the $10 increments, you get a little bit of uh, value there. And, and if you get lucky with, with, uh, with a price shot there, um, then you can pay pretty well. I'm going to mention just for a second, a horse is going to be a ginormous price to maybe include underneath in here. The eight time to run. We are dealing with a trainer who, according to the numbers I'm looking at, is one for 74 all time uh, with first time starters. But how many of them were by not this time? Who I just can't get over how good the numbers are with firsters. And you also have a dam by gilded time, speed and precocity influence that's had three falls to race. Two of them won at two. So that's something that just leapt out to me. 
not the likeliest winner, but maybe one that could run up there in the number at Ellis. Uh, where should we head next, my friend? We'll, we'll stick with Ellis 5 as we discussed pre-show. <laughs> I thought we said we were doing Saratoga no. first. Don't get, don't get salty with me, young man. <laughs> so the fifth race at Ellis, we're going six furlongs on the dirt with $51,000 in the pot. Who do you like in here? Yeah, so uh, I, I, Ian Wilkes is not always a, uh, a first-time-out winner, but but the uh, the unified here, a freshman sire, is the three-horse Norgay, uh, Raritan Jones, homebred, and uh, been working very well at Keeneland and uh, has his son-in-law, uh, Chris Landeros, named aboard. So I, this is a horse that kind of drew my attention as a, as a, as a trainer that you may, uh, when handicapping, want to give them a race and lean that way. I think this is a horse that, that looks a little bit liver uh, coming out of barn that, that likes to usually get them in into shape. But also I really like the nine horse blue Kentucky uh, on the outside. I like to draw quite a bit. Uh, the Shazza on for uh, Larry Jones, who can certainly pop first time out, especially with two year olds. Uh, he doesn't, you know, he's, he's down in numbers a little bit, kind of getting a little bit slower, but, but he still can train uh, a, a good fast horse. And this looks like a horse that uh, could be quite live here uh, at 12 to one. Certainly the four horse Gano for Brad Cox, Again, another end of mischief, million-dollar yearling, so uh, eight to five. But uh, you never know what can happen in a horse race. The workout tab, I don't have clocker information, but this workout tab to me, take away into mischief, take away the purchase price, take away Brad Cox. I'm probably going to be betting a horse that has put down a series of very fast five furlong workouts. With a runner like this, though, does do you are you given any pause by the idea that Gano shows up here at Ellis instead of being at Saratoga? Because based on all the 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 the, the type that we're seeing in the past performances, that this horse would make all the sense in the world up here as a maiden running for a lot more money. Yeah, but but you know when you pay a million dollars for a horse, it's not all about just breaking your maiden. So. Um... The races at Ellis are, are, have plenty of quality. Uh, you know, it's it's down the road is is what really matters. So um, in this situation, they probably have to find a way to split up all their two year olds. And and you know, it's been down training in Kentucky. You don't have to ship as far. Um, so you know, it, it's about breaking the maiden and then and then going from there. So um, you can't argue with with the choice to just stick home at, at Ellis. I'm not complaining about it or anything, but it did. It made me a little bit leery of taking too short of a price in a race where there are some interesting price alternatives. Clearly another one, though, where you could use that strategy, which I think typically works pretty well in baby races of you play that key horse and then maybe you cover some exactas with the, the logicals and the ones at the top of the market, the one that the board is telling you is live over the horses that you have, you have your angles on. All right, I'm, I'm letting you direct today. Where do we go? We're going to second at Saratoga, mile sixteenth on the turf. All right, what are we? What are we thinking? You've been very good in these longer turf race baby races, Sean. So I, you know, I'm I I'm tempted not even to do the work and just to bet whoever you tell me. Well, th- this race has a feeling that that we may see uh, a horse that's going to end up in the Breeders' Cup Juvenile Turf uh, with the two Chad Brown entries, uh, the one horse consumer spending a more than ready uh, two hundred thousand dollar Fancy Tipton Select horse. Uh, Flavian Pratt still in town and he's named aboard that horse 
And then you have the 1A, you got Irad on for a Frankel, uh, English Brad, uh, looks like it's working good enough here. Um, so that's, that looks like a pretty tough entry, uh, in this race. Maybe too tough to oppose. Definitely one to pay attention to today and, and possibly in the future. We've seen Chad Brown have so much luck at the, I don't know if you even want to, go, luck's the wrong word. It, just done very well at the Tattersall sale where I assume that, uh, the, the one, a McCulloch came from. If I made you pick which one you like better between the pair, which way would you go? Or, or you're just tempted to say, I, I want to use these both equally. Boy, it'd be splitting hairs, I think, on, on these two. Um, but you, you also have to to give uh, the the five horse. You know, certainly um, we, we've seen it where where you know it's a very tough field. So uh, you know they might get all all the money, but but you might be able to get, make some money on the Jonathan Thomas horse. Certainly, the Air Force Blue, the five horse Schuylerville, um, is, is is a horse that you have to pay attention to. Air Force Blues. Uh, have been been a solid turf sire so far with with his numbers in America. Jonathan Thomas, we've we've seen him uh, win here in Saratoga as a trainer, and Johnny V's riding really well. So at five to one, you know those other two horses could go off even money. So and this horse could even drift higher than five to one. So the Johnny V slump was never going to last long, was it? No, no, <laughs> not ever. Let's talk about the eight Taha wheel for just one second because we have a chance to talk about a, a first year sire in Mohamed. And we do have some turf in the female family with three, three of the five to have tried turf have one on it. What do you think of Mohamed in general? And uh, do you think he could end up being a turf influence? Well, look, this is another horse that, that certainly uh, grabbed the attention. I, I think maybe a little bit of the hesitancy is, is to see how the Mohamans ultimately run on the turf, but, uh, you know, the bottom side does lend to turf. Um, I like Rosario on the horse. I, I think that that kind of helps, uh, you know, make maybe negate the, the sire part of it. And, and Tappet throws plenty of, of turf horses. So it's more of a wait and see approach maybe on the sire. Uh, and, and I have a little more faith in a seven to five Frankel, uh, but 10 to one with Rosario and, and, you know, maybe, maybe the, the two Chad Brown horses aren't powerhouses, but 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 they certainly look like it on paper, both in breeding and 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 everything. So we'll see how it plays out. We stick with Phillies as we move on to race number six, but we go to the dirt. Six and a half on the dirt, an interesting distance for a race where we've got some known form, but plenty of first time starters. Which runner makes the most appeal to you? Well, we could see another Tappet. Uh, this this time a Philly uh, be a first time out winner. Uh, the three Amani's Image, uh, by trained by Todd Pletcher, looks like it has a solid uh, last two gate works. That that's a horse. I was I was also taken to the uh, second time starter, the nine horse Lily Bear. Phil Gleaves wins at Saratoga every year it seems like, and uh, already having a race under its belt, a seventy one buyer, and, and coming out of that Echo Zulu race. So we'll see if that comes back being a, being a live race. So, so those two horses, um, were, were two that I, I, uh, thought were, were your, probably your two most likely winners, but the eight at 20 to one dream uh, looks like it had a last out, very nice gate work, uh, Medali Dorov or street cry mare, you know, the six and a half could be, be, a, be a, a situation where, uh, some of these fillies are, are, are gasping at that last, uh, half furlong and, and this pedigree, Certainly would like to go longer. So 
maybe the six and a half, you know, first time out of Medalli Dora on a street cry mare kind of helps, helps uh, this horse's chances, but 20 to one and, and a minute and four gate work last time, probably using your uh, exactors and try. Yeah, that's a good, that's a good shout with Lily bear. I was going to highlight the fact that this is the first runner, I believe the first runner to come back out of the Echo Zulu maiden one that you and I both highlighted as a potentially hot maiden race. So we'll get a line on that. If, just looking at figures, some non-commercial figures, if if she runs back to that race or, or improves a little bit, she's going to take a lot of beating. The only other one I definitely would want in my picks for this race is the 10. Mama's got to run. McLean's music nearly auto use again first time out not too sure about this female family but another one just looking at the workout tab looks to be progressing nicely and i don't mind that outside draw i'd try to get some tens in on your tickets as well shall we move on to the stake my friend absolutely all right let's do it we've got two-year-old stakes action in race number eight goes at 505 that same six and a half on the dirt. So that's great. It's kind of cool having the two six and a half uh, races on the same card to make comparisons. That's always fun. Interesting looking field here with the favorite likely to come from the group of three, either the two on the ones and twos, the seven wicked halo or the eight mainstay. Is it one of those that you like or do you have something else clever in here for us? Well, you know, the two on the ones and twos is a horse that we've discussed on the race uh, on the podcast before. Uh, it was a horse that I thought ran extremely well in the debutante and was, was excited to see how she comes out of that. And, and I actually watched Pretty Birdie uh, Breeze on the Oklahoma this today, this morning with uh, Norm Cassie and, and was talking to him a little bit. And he, he seems fairly bullish on the two's chances today. So, I'm, I, I've always liked this this filly. I think she she's always wanted to go a little bit further. The six and a half is, is just a little bit further. So I think that's going to help her from her last. Certainly the eight mainstay um, is, is bred to be a very good horse, being a half of the quest uh, last year's two-year-old champion filly. I thought ran a very good race in, in the um, Schuylerville. But again, it's, it's kind of coming back on short rest a little bit. So we'll see how uh, how that goes. And uh, the nine horse microbiomas is a filly that uh, we touched on early in the meet. And uh, this is going to be her first time against winners. So a filly that performed extremely well in her maiden and now facing winners. So uh, if she if she wins this race, she certainly would look like a uh, a one of the top choices in the next uh, grade one there at the end of the meet. Spinaway. Looks to be all kinds of speed in here. I wonder if that could work into the favor of the two on the ones and twos for our, our pals, uh, Deuce Greathouse and uh, Cindy Hudson and, and, and the Matacat crew. That's one thing that I noticed to be able to maybe sit a really nice trip, whereas th- there's others in here. I'm not as convinced about their ability to pass horses, though. Uh, microbiome, I'll say it the way Johnny Brielle said it. I thought it was microbiome. But uh, that outside draw could be... Um, that outside draw could be really put to an advantage for Tyler Gaffleone. Another just note, I see that uh, the nine microbiome has been working with Mama's Gotta Run, uh, at least in that last work, which was the, that one that I noticed that I thought looked pretty good on the tab. So if Mama's Gotta Run runs really well, that might give you another little bit of a, a collateral form line, as it were, with the nine in, in, today's, uh, in today's featured Adirondack stakes. West Coast, we ready? You got anything else here, or should we head out to uh, one of my other favorite places in the world, Del Mar? 
We don't. I don't think we have anything out there. Oh, there's nothing at Del Mar tonight. I thought there was. Oh, uh, it's a steak, but it's a Calbred steak. So yeah. we can we can we can skip it. Are we happy? Do you think we've done enough? Is that what you're telling me? I think we're good. <laughs> this is what happens when we're both running around like uh, like maniacs at Saratoga. A little bit, a little bit janky on the production side today. I apologize. That's a host fail. But uh, Sean, your info was great as always, and uh, hopefully, I kept the ball in the air enough to to get that information out there. We look forward to chatting with you again very soon, my friend. Absolutely. We'll see you at the races. All right. Good stuff from Sean, as ever. Thanks to him. Thanks to our friends at Gainsway for sponsoring these shows. Thanks to all of you out there listening, making the shows fun to do, especially that one dude who I ran into at the Paddock Bar who said that the Sean Tugel was his favorite guest on the In the Money Media Network. He, he, may, he may need psychological help, but it was a, it was a nice uh, warm boost for us to hear that info as far as the baby talk side of things goes. That's going to do it. This show's been a production of In the Money Media. Our business manager is Drew Coatney. Our chief creative officer is Jonathan Kinchin. I'm Peter Thomas Fornatel. May the hammer drop your way.